Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Gift of Choice, hosted by entrepreneurial coach and holistic nurse practitioner Bonnie Gressel. Bonnie and her guests offer information and motivation each week to help you live your dream and attain the health, happiness, and abundance you deserve. Now, here's the host of the Gift of Choice, Bonnie Gressel. Well, welcome everyone. This is Bonnie Gressel, your host here at the Gift of Choice. Gift of Choice show is here on Blog Talk Radio today and iTunes. Now, I want to tell you how much I truly appreciate all of you taking time out of your busy day to spend a little bit of time with me here at the show. You know, my goal is always to provide great content so that you feel that this time was well spent because I know everybody's busy. Now, just as a reminder, you can also listen to all of the past episodes, actually, on Blog Talk Radio and on iTunes as well. And then we speak, we stream the last episode of each show on Speak Up Talk Radio. And they're kind of always, they're always on for you. They, so they play 24-7. So you can listen at 3 in the morning if you'd like to. Now, to be a part of this community, there's a couple of different ways you can do that. One way is to just click follow here on the show page if you're listening on Blog Talk Radio today. Or if you're on iTunes, just click the subscribe button. They do the same thing, really. They sort of put you in the loop for when the shows are coming out and and sort of keep you in the know. And I'm working on expanding the show to other networks as well. So stay tuned for that. I'll be sure to sort of keep you in the loop as that progresses. Now, I always want to remind people that the Gift of Choice show is educational and inspirational and certainly motivational in nature. But I want you always, every show, to just take what fits for you and let go of the rest. The Gift of Choice show does not intend or imply to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment either. And that's really important, especially on a show like today where we're going to talk a lot about things to have better physical health. If you're a person who does need some professional help, you know, please do take care of yourself and seek that out. Now, I would love to have people call in today. I'm I'm all up for questions if anyone decides to do that. So let me give you the call-in number. It's 714-816-4716. And you can just listen on the phone if you like. And if you do want to be live on the air with me, you have a question or a comment, or maybe you just want to say hi, you can just press 1 on your phone, and that lets me know that you've raised your hand and you'd like to be live on the air. And then I always have the chat room open as well, so I will try to check that from time to time. And if you are more inclined to you know, put a note on, in the chat box, do that, and I will try to answer those questions as well should they come up. Now, as with every show, I always take a, a moment, not very long, just a minute, maybe even a minute and a half, to do a simple breathing meditation. You know, because I do this, and I know I've said this before, but I think I do this as much for me as I do for all of you. Because life goes so fast. We're so busy running from one thing to the next that we don't take the time to just stop to just stop and do nothing else but breathe. I mean, we have to do that anyway. But when we pay attention to our breathing, we actually notice what's going on as we're taking the air into our bodies and exhaling again. 
that's when we really can get to that grounded, centered, more relaxed place. And that's, you know, a thing that seldom do we take the time to do that because we're always so busy. So I always want to take this time here on the show so that everyone has permission and an opportunity to just stop. So if you're able in a, you know, if you're in a place like maybe you're not driving on the freeway, that might not be the best place. But if you're in a place where you can sort of come down and and relax and maybe even close your eyes, please join me in the next moment or so while we do this little breathing meditation. So as you take a breath in through your nose, if you can, just notice. And then let that exhale go a really long time till there's no air left. As you inhale through the nose, you feel your belly expanding. And then when you're able to exhale, the belly deflates again, letting everything go that you don't need. So as you breathe in, And out. I want you to make this comfortable for you without pushing it or pulling it. Just let it be as it wants to be. The thing that's different about breathing in this way is simply noticing. Noticing how the air feels as it comes in through your nostrils. Bottoms out as your belly expands. And as you let everything go, how that all feels, letting everything go. Because there's nothing else that you need to do right this moment. At some level, whether you're listening live or to the recording later, you've decided to take this time for you. Breathing in. And out. Just letting it flow. Nothing else you need to do. Just breathe. And as thoughts come into your mind, because they probably always will, just acknowledge them. Just say, oh, that's interesting. And go back to paying attention to your breathing. That's really all there is to mindfulness meditation. It's just focusing on something so intently that eventually the rest of the mind chatter just sort of falls away. As you breathe in and out. Breathing in and breathing out. Now as we get ready to dive into our show for today. I want you to take one more big, big, deep breath through your nose and then let everything out, let everything go. Bring that relaxed, centered, grounded feeling back with you. But then come back to sort of the here and now as we dive into the content for today's show. I don't know about you, but I always feel a little more grounded, a little more centered, a lot more relaxed after we do that little breathing meditation. So thank you all for joining me today. Now today, we're going to continue our discussion about the physical health 
wedge, sort of, of our empowerment wheel that we started earlier this year. Marie Claire Hermans was with us last week to be a great kickoff for this. She had she was talking about eating a raw food-based diet for more energy and better physical health. And she told her story of how she was able to turn her whole health picture around by changing the way she ate and managing her stress and, and lots of the other things that we're going to also talk a little bit about today as well. And Marie Claire also mentioned that, you know, you don't have to be 100% raw. You can go, you know, 50-50 or 80-20 or, you know, the, the further you go, she noted that the more benefits you would you would receive. But maybe not everybody's ready for, you know, a 100% raw diet. So eating, whether it's raw foods, cooked foods, a special diet, whatever, eating well is important for your health. So we're going to spend some time today talking about that. You know, there are lots of diets and advice out there with all kinds of rules, you know, foods that you should eat, foods that you shouldn't eat, foods that you shouldn't eat at this time of day. <laughs> but today we're going to talk about some of the basic guidelines that are really simple to do and that's really how we should all eat anyway. And then you can always apply this to whatever sort of you know diet or type of thing that you're following. But this is just going to be big, good, good basic core stuff that we're talking about today. So we're going to talk some about nutrition, but we're also going to talk about some other things that are important for physical health. Some things that you might not even have thought are all that important, you know, like moving your body, getting enough rest, getting enough play and laughter in your life, managing your stress. This all leads to better physical health. You can't really just do it with food alone, and I know Marie Claire said that last week as well. You know, everything that we talk about today is in my book, Five Steps to Better Health and Happiness. And you can find it on Amazon or go to the products tab on my website, which is bonniegressel.com. And I put all the links at the bottom of the show page, if you're here in Blog Talk Radio, for you to make it easy as well. So everything that we talk about today is written in that book. Um, as well as some additional things that we're not going to be able to get to today. But if you want a recap of some of those things, either contact me or you know maybe you want to take a look at, at you know purchasing or downloading the book. So let's get down to the basics today and make it easy to apply this to your life for better health because none of us really want to do things that are too difficult, that <laughs> there's too much thought involved. People like easy things, myself included. So that's why I want to break it down for you in simple ways today. So we're going to take a short break. And right after our break, we're going to introduce and begin the conversation with nutrition because I think that's foundational. You know, it's it's how we should all eat. So this is Bonnie Gressel here at The Gift of Choice. And when we come back, we're going to dive into nutrition. And we're going to be right back, everybody. Do you struggle to relax, sleep well, or even lose weight? Now you can access the powerful energy of the mind-body connection with the ultimate health and wellness gift set, a four-CD collection of guided meditations from holistic nurse practitioner Bonnie Gressel. You can use the recordings yourself or split the individually wrapped CDs into gifts for family and friends. To get the ultimate health and wellness gift set, go to BonnieGressel.com and click the Products tab. That's B-O-N-N-I-E-G-R-O-E-S-S-L dot com. 
You're listening to The Gift of Choice with your host, Bonnie Gressel. The Gift of Choice is sponsored by MNB Global Solutions, providing individualized coaching for entrepreneurs and authors, as well as book editing and publishing services. For more information, go to mnbglobalsolutions.com. Well, welcome back to The Gift of Choice, everyone. I'm your host, Bonnie Gressel. Now, just before the break, we were talking about all different kinds of diets and people say you should eat this or don't eat that or eat this at a certain time. What we're going to do now is really be basic. And the reason I'm doing this is because you can apply it to anything. And if you use these sort of guidelines as your core, your foundation, your basis for how you feed your body, it's going to it's going to result in better health. It just has to. So the first guideline or maybe reminder I want to give you is to really just be aware of what you're putting in your body. So many times we, we're we not aware, we're not thinking. You know, we just kind of put stuff in our mouths and we're eating on the run or in a hurry or not even sitting down at the table and we don't even taste the food that we just ate. So slowing things down, kind of like we did with the little breathing meditation. I mean, taking time to pause while you eat while you eat does a few different things. It allows you to be aware of what you really are eating. The food will have more taste, so you'll enjoy it more. And it will feed your body better. You're going to digest it better. I mean, it just everything improves when you're just aware. So a basic guideline that I always like to use when I'm giving you know, presentations and, and stuff on, on nutrition is this simple guideline. If God made it, eat it. If he didn't, you maybe want to think twice about it. And the reason for that is if God made it, that's the whole real untainted foods that we have. But, you know, man has added lots of chemicals and colors and preservatives and all these things to foods to make them maybe look more appealing or last longer on the shelf. But all those chemicals and preservatives and additives and, and dyes are not good for us, especially not good for our brain. We just weren't meant to eat chemicals. We were meant to eat the real, whole, natural foods, not the stuff that it's been processed. So keep the amount of processed foods in your diet to a minimum. This is really important. So many chemicals and preservatives are added. So a couple of tips for you here. Say you're in the grocery store. If you you know pick something off the shelf, like a can or a box of something, flip it over and look at the ingredients on on the ingredient side. And also look for the expiration date. The longer out the date is that it expires, say it's like two years or more, there's probably a lot of preservatives in that product. That's how it can stay on the shelf for two years. So look at the expiration date, number one. And then read labels. You know, you don't have to exactly know everything that's in there, but if there are a bunch of words that you can't pronounce or that, you know, just look foreign to you. Another tip, that's probably a lot of chemicals. So you don't want foods that have all these long words that you probably can't pronounce in the ingredient list. And the things at the top of the ingredient list, generally, that's a higher amount of them. So if those words 
you know, like, you know, long words that look like it's a chemical name are kind of near the top, that's a really good sign that it's not a good food for you to eat. If they, if it has those words kind of near the bottom, that means chances are that means that there's a lesser amount of that in the food. But reading labels and looking at expiration dates, and you don't have to do this forever, but at least, you know, we tend to, when we go to the grocery store, always buy the same types of things, don't we? So, you know, look at those things that you buy on a regular basis and know what's in those. I mean, it's kind of the 80-20 rule. You can take care of 80% of your stuff, you know, eating well and avoiding those preservatives and chemicals if you know that the stuff that you buy on a regular basis, the foods that you buy, on, you know, every week or whatever, don't have a lot of those things in there. The other thing is shopping around the outside of the grocery store, the perimeter of the grocery store. That's generally where all the fresh stuff is. That's where the the deli is and the produce section and and the frozen foods are actually even better than some of the canned and, and boxed foods because if they're flash frozen, then they're they're sealed in that way rather than having a lot of chemicals in them. Things that have to sit in the aisles, you know, in the middle of the store have to generally have to sit there for a really long time without spoiling. Otherwise, the store would probably go out of business. So look at those ingredient lists. Eating more of whole, fresh foods is really better for us. And eat in technicolor, you know, orange and blue blueberries and dark leafy green vegetables and you know things that are colorful have more flavonoids in them generally which is a a good thing for our bodies it's flavonoids and and there's all kinds of you know chemical names that i'm not going to throw at you today but just remember technicolor eat colorful foods shop around the outside of the grocery store and eat things that are colorful and you know i had a question on the um, radio show a couple weeks ago, what if you live in an area of the world that, you know, the the growing season is really short? So most of the time you have to buy food from the grocery store that's in the produce department, but it might have been shipped two or three months ago from someplace that could grow it because they still have warm weather. And the answer to that is, you know, look for you know, look for organic if you can, find it. However, those things might be picked way ahead of time as well. The other thing is you can grow some of that stuff in your house in the wintertime as well. I, I know I've done this, like growing sprouts. And, and so you've got you some fresh greens in your house and some lettuce and things like that. So there are ways to get around that. But but buying the stuff that at least says it's, it's more healthy for you is is going to be better than not. Um, but but do what you can because it is difficult when you don't have a growing season all year long. And then eating in balance is another thing that's really important. So, you know, when you're in the grocery store, it's remember it's shopping around the outside, looking at some labels and those expiration dates. Pick out the stuff that's better for you and eat in color. And then once you have your food, balance them. Eat in balance. Protein, carbohydrates, and fats in balance at each meal and each snack if you can. And the reason you want to do this is because it takes your body longer to break down things like protein. So when you add protein to a carbohydrate, it slows down the process and it keeps your blood sugar more stable, keeps your mood more stable. It it helps all sorts of things if you have a stable blood sugar. If you're a person who struggles with pain issues, pain is made worse if your blood sugar is bouncing all over the place. 
especially if it's too low. And we're going to talk about that in a few moments. So eating in balance is also really good. Now, if you're a person who wants to manage your weight, as an example, if you add some protein to other things that you're eating, like the carbohydrates and fat, you always eat that together, it will also keep you satisfied longer. So say you have um, uh, a bagel or something or dry cereal for breakfast, but you don't have anything else with it, like you don't have any protein with it really. Well, you're hungry again by like, I don't know, 10 o'clock for most people. And that's because your blood sugar is falling down already because it metabolized that carbohydrate so quickly and there's nothing to really sustain it. So we're going to talk more about sort of eating in balance in just a moment. Now, the other thing you want to to really be um, aware of is to follow sort of a anti-inflammatory type of diet. Now, this isn't a special diet I'm going to have you go on or anything like that, but it's really just to eat foods that are low in saturated fats, low in, you know, not much of the processed foods like we said before, low in refined sugars. Balance those carbohydrates like we were just talking about, good fats like the olive oil and pressed canola oil, and add protein. This helps to maintain your energy throughout the day without fluctuations in blood sugar, as we just mentioned, and you don't feel tired or weak or hungry, but it also helps to keep your inflammation to a minimum because chronic inflammation leads to chronic disease. And so it's sort of a precursor to diseases like um, autoimmune diseases, cancer, heart disease, diabetes. So you want to keep your blood sugar balanced and you want to really minimize the inflammation going on in your body. And everybody you know, kind of knows eating lots of fruits and vegetables, right? Well, two to four servings of fruits and three to five servings of vegetables is generally what's recommended according to the, you know, the nutrition pyramid. But really, just eat as much as you can of fruits and vegetables. And if you've got like a really big helping of vegetables like broccoli or something like that, that counts as two servings. So, you know, Catch yourself some slack and know that you're eating a few servings there. And I say, you know, 10 servings between the two of them, 8 to 10 servings per day is a really good amount. It'll give you more antioxidants. It'll really be helpful for your physical health. And then, of course, getting enough protein to keep you satisfied from meal to meal. And if you're wondering how much protein, here's a couple of guidelines for you. 10 10 grams of protein is a good amount. And if you're having a piece of, of you know, meat or something as a protein, about the size of a deck of cards is one serving. So two to three servings of that per day. Now, in Wisconsin, a, a portion of protein, if you go out for dinner or something, like a steak, if you have steak or whatever, a fish or really whatever you have, is huge. It's like three servings in one. So just be aware of that. It's okay to take leftovers home because... I don't know about the state that you live in, but in Wisconsin, everything is huge. And and I'm sure they always say things are bigger in Texas, too. So maybe Texas has this issue. I'm not sure. So eating foods with a low glycemic load or index will you know prevent hunger and, and will help to keep that blood sugar stable. So what are some examples of low glycemic foods? Well, those fresh fruits and vegetables are low glycemic, whole grains, and pastas, legumes or beans, high-protein products, nuts, 
fish, poultry, other meats, proteins, all have low glycemic index. White breads and refined foods have a high glycemic index. So white breads, like there's the old joke they say about Wonder Breads. Wonder Bread, it's wonder they call it bread. So, so the heavier the bread, the better. If you you know do the squeeze test on your bread, if you squeeze a loaf of bread and you can squeeze almost the whole thing, that means it's it's highly refined and it's probably white and it will have a very high glycemic index. Not as good of a food to eat as something with a lower glycemic index, like the breads that have you know, the seven grain and the nuts and the things that are really hard to squeeze and things that are heavy, heavy, dense bread is really better for you. And another thing that you can do is combine, you can combine protein and fat with a carbohydrate to lower the glycemic load. So let me give you an example. Say you have um, a piece of fruit. Now, a piece of fruit is healthy for you, but it's still on you know, moderate to some some of the fruits are high glycemic, but it's not as dense as a protein would be. So your body's going to metabolize that faster. Just adding a few, say, almonds or something to it, you know, pieces of, of nuts, will help to keep you satisfied longer and will keep your blood sugar more stable. And raw nuts are actually better than the roasted ones, of course, but roasted ones are fine too. I love almonds. I always have almonds at home, and I think the raw almonds have a sort of a, a little bit of a sweet taste to them. So it's it's really a good thing to just if you need a little bit of something and you don't want to, you know, have a, a you know, a donut or something that's bad for you, have, you know, a couple almonds. And it will satisfy that hunger need and is more healthy for you. And again, squeeze your bread. <laughs> Do the squeeze tips when you're in the grocery store. Now, you can't squeeze every loaf of bread or the store, you know, attendant might come and say, "Hey, stop squeezing all the bread." <laughs> But but at least you could try that a little bit because the harder it is to squeeze, the better it is for you. So stabilizing that blood sugar, let's talk a little bit more about that. It is so critical for our physical health, especially if you're a person who struggles with, you know, pain issues or um, sleep issues or mood issues or depression or, I mean, really just about anything. So balancing your blood sugar, really, really important. Eating a healthy eating a healthy diet with lots of fruits and vegetables, getting enough protein, don't skip meals, and then eating those foods with low glycemic index or loads. Balancing those proteins, fats, and carbohydrates. This is especially important at bedtime or in the evening. You know, here in Wisconsin, a lot of people have like ice cream or popcorn or something like that as their evening snack. Well, those are good tasty snacks, but they're not really good for your blood sugar because they're primarily a carbohydrate. So you have that carbohydrate and then you go to bed. And if you're like most people, you're not going to get up at 3.30 in the morning and eat something. So your body wants to fix this. It starts secreting a hormone in your body called cortisol. You might have heard of cortisol before. Sometimes it's also known as the stress hormone. So cortisol is kind of like the drug prednisone. It will increase your blood sugar for you without needing any food. So say you have that popcorn or ice cream or something and then you go to bed. Your blood sugar goes up and then insulin is made because your body wants to maintain balance, right? So insulin is made and it plummets that blood sugar down to the basement. So then you're below where you should be. 
That's where cortisol comes in. Then cortisol is secreted to bump up that blood sugar again to that normal level. So say you're a person who doesn't eat breakfast in the morning or maybe you just have coffee or something. Well, then more cortisol is made because it's going to continue to do that until you eat something of substance. Suppose you have a stressful job or or you're stressed out about something. Because cortisol is a stress hormone, that causes more cortisol to be made. So bottom line is, a little bit of cortisol is okay. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like cholesterol. A little bit is okay. But you get over that tipping point and you get too much, you can cause all kinds of problems for your physical health. So keeping the blood sugar stable by how you eat, especially in the evening, is a good way to minimize how much cortisol you're secreting. And then there's the stress stuff, which we're going to talk about a little later on. And then drink enough water. I mean, it's, I always you know, recommend about eight glasses a day. And there's nothing as good as plain water. If you don't like the taste of water, just add a little lemon to it. It'll make your blood more alkaline, actually, which is very healthy for you and can be thought of as, in some studies as a cancer preventive. And then develop a habit of drinking more water. It's a habit like anything else. Take a bottle in, of water with you in the car. Have it with your meals. Have a glass of water every time you go to the bathroom. And before bed, especially if you're a headache person, if you wake up with headaches in the morning, it might be because you're dehydrated, because you haven't had anything all night. So water your brain, especially before bed. You know, our body is about 75 to 80% water, so keep it hydrated. I always use the analogy of a houseplant. Most of us have houseplants. Well, I'd ask you to think about what your houseplant looks like if you forget to water it, like maybe for two weeks or so. It doesn't look very good, right? Well, that's kind of like what happens in our body when we don't water it enough. So stay hydrated. It's really, really important. Now, we're going to take another quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about a little bit more about reducing inflammation and some other things that you can do. So this is Bonnie Gressel here at The Gift of Choice. And when we come back from the break, we're going to talk more about inflammation and limiting chemicals and toxins that are so dangerous for our physical health. So this is Bonnie Gressel at The Gift of Choice, and we're going to be right back, everybody. Do you dream of building a business in which you can share your expertise and gifts with others? A business that allows you to actively pursue your passion. If you're like most people, you've put that dream on the back burner because the mountain of details is just too overwhelming. Now you can join other holistic-minded practitioners in leveraging the entrepreneur coaching services of Bonnie Gressel. Bonnie shares your belief in the power of the mind-body-spirit connection, and she has experience in growing a business from the ground up. Whether your challenges are strategic, technological, or you want to create a platform that promotes your expert status. Even by publishing a book, you can achieve your dream quicker with the help of Bonnie's individualized coaching. Contact Bonnie for a free, no-obligation consultation at bonniegressel.com. That's B-O-N-N-I-E-G-R-O-E-S-S-L.com. Cool. Welcome back, everyone, to The Gift of Choice. I'm your host, Bonnie Gressel. You know, just before the break, we were talking about some basic nutrition things. And part of that is really reducing inflammation, keeping those processed foods to a minimum. And remember that that guideline I I noted in the beginning, if God made it, eat it. (laughs) If he didn't, maybe you shouldn't. That's where all the processed stuff comes into play. 
because God didn't make that stuff. The other thing that you can do is decrease the amount of trans fatty acids in your foods. Now, in 2006, the law was made in the United States here that all foods had to be labeled with how many trans fats they had. But the law said that if you have point less than 0.5 grams per serving of trans fats in your product, you can still say zero on the ingredient list in the package. So there are a lot of foods out there that we think we're getting zero trans fats and we're really getting, you know, 0.49 or less grams per serving. The other thing is taking um, some of the good fats, the omega-3 fatty acids, which are found in fish oil, flaxseed oil, things like that. Limiting chemicals and toxins is hugely important to your physical health. You know, so limit or avoid, you know, caffeine, alcohol, those kinds of things. I mean, a five-ounce cup of coffee has about 130 to 150 milligrams of caffeine. Just be aware of that. And who has a five-ounce cup anymore? I don't know. I don't even know if they make five-ounce cups anymore. So you're going to have to multiply that generally by two or three per serving or per cup that you you make or that you buy. And then avoid or limit soft drinks, especially, now this is where I sort of have to get on my little um, soapbox for a little bit because this is where it's really important. Avoiding artificial sweeteners like NutraSweet. NutraSweet, um, the generic name is aspartame, is in almost everything, not just diet sodas, but you know, yogurts and I mean all kinds of things. And there was a quote that I heard a while ago, and I don't even know where I heard it from, but I really like this. And it goes like this. If cancer had a taste, it would be aspartame. And I think that's so true. Aspartame is so terribly dangerous for our physical health. So limit that as much as you can. Avoid it completely, if possible. But it's in so many things, you're going to have to read some labels. It makes pain worse. It can keep you from losing weight. You know, it's it's just not good for anything. It, it, it There isn't one thing that it does that's good. And then, you know, so that's sort of my soapbox. I'll get off my soapbox now, but I really am an advocate for avoiding aspartame at all costs. Now, if you do need an artificial sweetener or, not, or a sweetener that's not sugar because you're diabetic or whatever, um, I would go with the plant-based um, sweeteners like Stevia or something. I think Trivia is one of the, the brand names. That's made from an actual plant, an herb. I actually grew that in my herb garden one year, and I took a little bite of the leaf. Oh, my God, it was so terribly sweet. So it doesn't take much Stevia or, or that type of um, that type of herb to to actually you know, sweeten something. So if you do need something because you, know, you have diabetes or whatever, then I would certainly go with something natural like a plant-based um, sweetener as opposed to you know, uh, the chemical like aspartame. And then, you know, of course, avoid smoking, chewing tobacco. Don't expose yourself to unnecessary chemicals, all those sorts of things. If you are like, I don't know, doing some painting or varnishing or paint removal, Make sure that you're in a well-ventilated area. I mean, all those things make a difference to your physical health. And then, you know, extra insurance. Food is not what it used to be years ago. It just isn't because of the decades of commercial fertilization and things that you know, man has put into the soil to you know, bump up crops. 
the stuff that we get out of the ground just isn't as nutritious as it used to be. Now, certainly, always, always, always start with a healthy diet, but and and eat in Technicolor. But you know, it might not be enough. So, taking a good multivitamin and mineral, I think, is a really good idea. And people always ask me, well, how do I find a good one? I mean, there are hundreds of them out there, right? Well, here's a couple of guidelines for you. If it has a USP symbol, which stands for United States Pharmacopeia, that's that's generally a good sign. That means the, the United States Pharmacopeia has looked at it. And it's usually a green and gold label. Or it might say it in fine print on the side. Um, if it has a good amount of of the like RDA, the recommended dietary allowance, the numbers are really high, that's good. The other thing is a good multivitamin will be made to be taken twice a day because it's just like food. We don't eat only once a day. It, a good one will be made to be taken twice a day. And then if you need you know, fish oil, and flax is also a good source, but you need about three times as much of that as you do fish oil just because of the active ingredients in that is EPA and DHA, big long words that I won't pronounce for you today, but that's the active ingredients. And to get enough of that is what you're after. Now, if you take fish oil, make sure that it's mercury-free or purified because it's made from fish in the ocean, right? There's lots of garbage in the ocean. Make sure that they've taken that out. Vitamin D, the best source of vitamin D is natural sunlight. The skin produces about 10,000 international units, the equivalent of that, in response to 20 or 30 minutes of summer sun exposure without sunscreen. So what I tell people to do is go out in the sun for a little bit, not at high noon when the sun is the hottest, but maybe 2 o'clock or later or whatever, and then be outside without sunscreen for about 20, 30 minutes and then come back in the house and put some on. Then, and don't wash off, don't shower right away, like if you're out in the garden or something, because it needs to absorb through the skin. There's a simple blood test that you can have your doctor do um, to test your vitamin D level. And then magnesium is the other thing I wanted to mention today before we go into some of the other things that are important for our physical health besides nutrition. Magnesium is the relaxation mineral. It helps everything to be calm and relaxed. So everything works better. It's involved in like 327 inter, you know, enzymatic reactions in your body. So it really affects everything. And it's very, very, very safe because... I mean, even moms that are, sometimes when moms are going to deliver their babies, they develop something called preeclampsia or eclampsia, which means their blood pressure goes really high and they might have a seizure and that's really not good for the baby. So they give the mom several grams of magnesium to counteract that, to keep mom and baby safe. So it's even safe for the baby. So a couple things about magnesium. Magnesium oxide. It's not really the best because only 4% of it will absorb in your body. So any other kind of magnesium is fine. Or if magnesium oxide is mixed with something, that's good too. And most of us are magnesium deficient. So we need extra magnesium because stress causes us to lose magnesium. And who doesn't have stress today? Now, the only side effect, if you want to call it a side effect, to higher doses of magnesium is loose stools. And you'll know if you have those. The other thing is if you're on blood pressure medication, monitor your blood pressure if you start taking magnesium or let your doctor know or something because it might actually lower your blood pressure and then maybe you don't need so much blood pressure medication. And then you shouldn't take it if you have things like you know, kidney failure, 
a really, really slow heart rate, you know, like in the 40s or 50s, bowel obstruction, nystemia gravis. Best, best thing to do is if you want to start taking magnesium outside of, you know, in addition to a vitamin, you know, what's already in there, talk to your doctor about it. And um, hopefully they will be okay with you taking some extra magnesium um, because it would really help physical health. It, it always does. Um, so I want to share some alarming, um, I think they're alarming anyway, um, sort of fun facts about foods. So, and then we're going to take another break. So some fun facts about foods. 90% of the carbohydrates can consumed in the United States today are highly processed, meaning that they're high glycemic searches. 90%. That's almost all of them. (laughs) Every man, woman, and child consumes 612 ounce soft drinks per year. And I don't drink soft drinks at all. So that's it. I mean, there are lots of people who drink more than that so that that balances out. Americans spend more on fast food than on higher education personal computers, or new cars. More money is spent on fast food. I was just blown away when I heard that. Americans spend more time on fast, spend, spend more on fast foods than videos, CDs, books, newspaper, and magazines combined. So again, fast foods wins in terms of how much money people are spending on things. And then if you're wondering how much sugar is in like a regular soda, a 12-ounce regular soda, this is not diet, it's a regular soda, like a regular Coke or whatever, 12 ounces has the equivalent of 10 teaspoons of sugar. 32 ounces has 24 teaspoons of sugar. And the big gulp, you know, the 64-ounce, has 48 tablespoons of sugar. Now, the recommended sugar intake for people is 10 teaspoons per day or less. So if you do drink soda, only have one if you drink a 12-ounce. But remember, you're getting sugar and all kinds of other things, too. You know, like even, you know, spaghetti sauce and things like that. There's sugar in so many things. So just be aware of of those sort of fun facts. Now, just a little bit about foods that cause stress or make stress worse. Refined sugar irritate our muscles and overwhelm our adrenal glands and pancreas. Artificial sweeteners, I talked about aspartame before. It actually turns into formaldehyde when it's warm. Well, what happens to a diet soda when you drink it? Your body temperature is warmer than the soda can, right? So you warm it up, meaning you turn aspartame into formaldehyde. And that's what they use to embalm people, you know? So... Really, really not a good thing. Caffeine, you know, is a stimulant, a diuretic. It increases your blood pressure. It also gets rid of some of the B vitamins and calcium, magnesium, potassium. So if you are a person who drinks a lot of uh, coffee or tea that has a lot of caffeine in, just know that you're losing those other nutrients. And then processed foods, you know, the chemical additives, preservatives, the trans fats, all cause oxidative stress and toxicity. They're just really, really not good for our physical health. So we're going to take another short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the other things that are important for physical health. Because nutrition, obviously, is a huge piece. But that's not all there is. And you might even be surprised by some of the things we're going to talk about that really affect your physical health. So this is Bonnie Gressel here at The Gift of Choice. And when we come back, we're going to talk about all the other things that really affect our physical health. 
We'll be right back, everyone. Ever wonder how you can get a professionally produced ad like this made for your own product or business? Let the team at MNB Global Solutions create a surprisingly affordable audio or video marketing asset you can call your own. All you have to do is come up with a few bullet points, and the MNB team will do the rest. Use your ad on radio shows like this, your website, or wherever potential customers find you. To learn more, go to mnbglobalsolutions.com. Welcome back, everyone, to The Gift of Choice. I'm your host, Bonnie Gressel. And now we're going to talk about all the other things that affect our physical health. It's not just nutrition, although that's a huge piece, but it's not just that. So let's talk about rest, getting enough sleep. You know, the studies are changed from time to time. I think the last one I read said that 7.5 hours is the, the best amount of restful sleep that you can get per night. So, you know, if you're somewhere between 6 and 8, that's, that's good. But, but the key here is restful sleep. There's a lot of people who, who are in bed for that long but don't really rest that long. So here are some thoughts for you to think about as you if you're a person who has, you know, problems resting or falling asleep or staying asleep. You know, fall asleep with good thoughts. That's really important. Because, you know, when you when you fall asleep, your conscious mind goes to sleep too. But your subconscious mind never goes to sleep. It's what keeps your heart beating, your your blood pumping, I mean all that stuff. Your breathing is going that's the subconscious mind. That's your autopilot. So whatever you're thinking about, whatever you've watched on TV, whatever, right before you fall asleep, that's what your subconscious mind has to gnaw on all night. So go to sleep with good thoughts. Don't watch scary things, you know, thrillers or scary movies. And and I would encourage people not even to watch the news before you go to bed because how much of the news is really good. It it doesn't send you to bed with good thoughts. That subconscious mind never falls asleep. The other thing is start winding down about 90 minutes or so before you plan to go to bed. There's been times when I'm, you know, working in the office and it's, you know, 9 or 10 o'clock and I, I look at my watch and I think, oh, time to go to bed. My husband says, you're never going to be able to fall asleep. You have to wind down first. And that's so true. So take, you know, at least an hour, 90 minutes if you can, and just sort of start getting ready. Start getting, preparing yourself. Um, Maybe if you have a habit of, like you do things in a certain way and you have a, a, a routine sort of at night, like you Maybe you brush your teeth and you wash your face and you put your pajamas on. You do things in a certain way. If you do things in a certain way the same every night or before you go to bed, it gives your body a signal that, oh, the next thing in the queue is to fall asleep. So it actually helps you to fall asleep better if you do things with some um, routine. And then don't eat something or drink alcohol right before bed because then digestion gets going again and it keeps you up. And if you're a person who has, you know, gastric reflux at all, you'll have heartburn and you won't be able to sleep anyway. So refrain from eating or drinking alcohol before you go to bed. Water is fine, but I would limit it to that. Maybe two to three hours um, to be safe. And if you um, are exercising, we're going to talk about exercise in a few moments, don't do it right before bed either because you're kind of you got your body all jazzed up and you can and then you're going to try to fall asleep. 
practicing gratitude right as you fall asleep is a great way to put good thoughts in your mind, in that subconscious mind, as you're falling asleep. So those are some thoughts and ideas for people who maybe have some issues with sleep. Now, exercise. I mean, obviously, sleep, resting well, is great for your physical health. But so is exercise. Get regular exercise. It doesn't really matter what it is so long as you enjoy it and you move your body. You know, at least 30 minutes or so on all or most days of the week is is great if you can. It's a great stress reliever. You know, if you can be outdoors, that's better yet. But move your body. Make exercise part of your routine and something that you enjoy. You know, if you go to the gym and you hate every minute of it, then don't go to the gym. Dance in your living room or go for a walk outside. or It doesn't matter what you, so much what you do. It matters that you feel good doing it and that you do it often. We jog in the nature trails outside our house. I've talked about this many times before. We love being out there in the woods. I, I always feel so good. Even if I don't particularly feel like going for a run that day, once we get out there, it's just awesome. And the other day, I um, we had an unusual experience. We saw three otters. There's a little creek that kind of runs through the, the conservancy where we run. And we saw three otters running across the, the sidewalk. And I thought, oh, that's so cool. But you know what? It reminds me that we need to play and have fun, too. And that's part of what leads to good physical health as well. So get outside as much as you can. If If you're a group person joining a group that can do, you know, yoga or tai chi or qigong, I mean, all those three things actually incorporate the breath work with the physical movement as well. So you sort of get a a double benefit there. And then, you know, you can incorporate smaller segments of exercise into your day. Say you don't have half an hour or whatever to spend all at one time. You can do 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes. You can just fit it in where you can. Take the stairs rather than the elevator. Walk outside. Park your car further away from the building. I mean, there are little things that you can do that help you to move your body. You know, gardening. I love gardening. And I did some pond work this weekend. Oh, my God, did I move my body? So that's really important for physical health as well. And then feeling good mentally and emotionally. You know, you wouldn't think that this would improve your physical health, but it makes a huge difference. You know, manage your stress. As I mentioned earlier, chronic stress leads to chronic inflammation, which is the cause of so many of our diseases. Practice relaxation techniques every day. That's one of the reasons I put that little one-minute breathing meditation into every show, because we don't take time to do that. And then incorporate the humor, the laughter into your life. Watch funny videos. Listen to a little kid laughing. You know, tell or read jokes. You know, think about something funny, but we don't laugh enough. You know, there are all kinds of studies out there. Some say, you know, toddlers laugh hundreds of times a day and adults about 20 times a day. And I know that there have been some studies that have confirmed that. Bottom line is, I don't know what the exact number is, but adults do not laugh enough. (laughs) So we need to laugh more. A good belly laugh, that's really what we need. And you can incorporate movement into that by doing laughter yoga. That's become a more popular type of thing for people to do as well. Strengthen your social support network. 
you know, we're not meant to live in isolation. And especially for women, you know, if there's a group of women together, it increases a hormone in our body called oxytocin. That's just what happens when women get together. Oxytocin is sometimes known as the love hormone. It's what new moms make more of when they're thinking about or nursing their newborn baby. And so when women get together, it just makes us all make more oxytocin. So being in a community of some type, in a social support network, is really helpful for our physical health because all of these things lead to us feeling better physically. If you don't feel good emotionally or mentally or whatever, you're not going to feel good physically either. And spirituality or reflection time is very important. Taking that time to just be still and do nothing, to just go inside, you know, it helps you to feel so much better physically. So start a daily practice. But, but you know, start a daily practice with something that you can do. Something little. doesn't have to be a big thing. Something little, but something that you can do every day. Because when you do something like that every day, every day, every day, every day, every day, it becomes a habit. And pretty soon it goes beyond the habit and becomes just the way you are. It becomes who you are. And that's what I would hope for all of you. Now we all have you know, things in our subconscious mind that kind of keep us stuck. Because I always tell I always tell people, everything is in there, the good, the bad, the ugly. And, you know, just as a reminder, for those of you who haven't heard me talk about this before, our subconscious mind is kind of like the bottom of the iceberg. You know, the part of the iceberg that you can't see, the part that's under the surface line of the water, and you don't even know it's there sometimes, but it's huge. That's like your subconscious mind. The conscious mind, that's a little bit of the iceberg that's sticking up out of the water. That part we know is there. That's what we know we're thinking. But everything is in that subconscious mind, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it. So ideally, you want the good stuff at the top of the pile. Henry Ford said, whether you believe you can or you can't, you're right. And that's kind of what he was talking about, except you don't always know what you believe you can or can't do because your subconscious mind is really the one driving the train. So just pay attention to that. Notice that if you're acting a certain way or having a reaction to something that's kind of a a repeated thing, ask yourself, maybe sit in some quiet time. What's behind that? What's under that? Why do I react that way? There's probably something stuck in that subconscious mind. It might be from when you were a child. There's lots and lots of things. And if you you know have questions or you want to work on that at all, there are lots of professionals out there who can help you. Um, you can always contact me if you have a question as well at my website at bonniegressel.com. But, you know, we attract what we expect and what we think about. So it behooves us to focus on what we want, right? Not what we don't want. And... This applies to physical health in how we anticipate our future physical health to be. If you say you're a person who struggles with a chronic disease, as an example, and you're looking forward to tomorrow being the same as it was today and you have chronic pain or you have whatever, you're probably going to have that regardless of anything else, even if you've taken 
you know, new new medication or have changed some things, if you're expecting it to be the same, more than likely it probably will be. So what have you got to lose? Expect the best. Expect to be comfortable if it's a pain issue. Expect to be, you know, pain-free. Expect to lose the weight you want to lose. Expect to be in the relationship you want to be in. Expect to have the money you want. All of those things, believe it or not, affect your physical health because our body speaks to us. And and really, it's giving us, um, symptoms are really just a way of telling us that mm, you got to pay attention to something here, you know? So it's an interesting dynamic between our thoughts, our emotions, our reality, and what we think or worry about our fears and physical health. So I I really want to emphasize that point. I mean, nutrition, absolutely, that is so critically important. It's a starting block. It's the foundation. But don't forget about these other things. Laugh and play and be grateful for what you have. And notice how much of the time you're focusing on things you don't want. You know, I always, I love the, the, the term, every thought is a prayer. And so I would just encourage you to be mindful of what you're praying for. So we're going to take one more short break and and do our station identification type of thing. And when we come back, then I'm going to tell you um, about your little piece of homework for today. So this is Bonnie Gressel here at The Gift of Choice. And we are going to be right back. If I can find the thing, there it is. So we're going to be right back, everybody. You've been listening to The Gift of Choice, hosted by Bonnie Gressel. The Gift of Choice has been brought to you by MMB Global Solutions, your source for individualized coaching for entrepreneurs and authors, along with book editing and publishing services. For more information, go to mmbglobalsolutions.com. Welcome back, everyone, to The Gift of Choice. I'm your host, Bonnie Gressel, and I just want to thank you for all joining me today, whether you're listening live or to the recording later on. But the little piece of homework I would have for you today, your little takeaway, is to just begin noticing how you treat your body. It's the only one you've got. It really is. So notice how you treat your body from the perspective of nutrition, you know, what you eat and drink, from the perspective of how you move, how you sleep, what you think and feel and focus on, just notice. Are there changes that you could make that will positively impact your physical health? I bet there probably are. There are for most people. So that's what I leave you with today here from The Gift of Choice. This has been Bonnie Gressel. Uh, Please feel free to connect with me at BonnieGressel.com. All the the links are at the bottom of the show page on the Blog Talk radio page today. And I will see everyone next Monday at 2 p.m. Central. Betsy Thompson will be here talking about her new book, Love Human, Where You Come From and Where You're Going. You're not going to want to miss it. See you next week, everyone. Blessings. You've been listening to The Gift of Choice. Hosted by Bonnie Gressel. The Gift of Choice has been brought to you by MMB Global Solutions, your source for individualized coaching for entrepreneurs and authors, 
along with book editing and publishing services. For more information, go to mnbglobalsolutions.com.